When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson superfan. This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997 when I first saw The Shining. Here's Johnny! In those 20 plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to All Four Downs, a CMG Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Aguirre. I'll be joined by the rest of the crew in just a minute. Coming up, I'm going to be addressing the controversy brewing down uh, in Texas with the big Longhorn program and the eyes of Texas. We'll get into that. It's quite an interesting story. We're also going to talk about the return of the XFL in 2022. We do know Johnny Football will not be joining them at first. We're going to be talking about our way too soon top 25 rankings with Sean, Jace, and OV. Guys, it's never too early to start talking top 25 rankings. Even, never, even at this time never, of the never. year, right? No, no, Why no. Not? It's never. Matter of fact, it just seems like we're already getting started with this spring that's coming up. The spring camps and all the other stuff that's happening that will begin probably uh, some schools are starting at the end of this month. The majority will start next month. So we are already about to open the door and there's also spring games as we speak. So there's just so much activity going on in college football, uh, but I just can't wait. And and to settle everything down with all these transfers, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how many new starting quarterbacks we're going to see this this upcoming season? It's all about quarterbacks. Uh, we were, you know, just a little while ago doing um, our Giants football podcast, John, about the G-Men, and that was the, the thing. It's 2021. It, this is how football is nowadays. I mean, the, the game has changed, and we've seen it change, and the rules have changed to favor passing and spread offenses. Got to have a good quarterback. Uh, if you want to be successful, that's really what it all boils down to. So you're going to see, I think, unprecedented um, movement with quarterbacks, not only in the NFL, but in college football as well. Right. And, you know, not only just quarterbacks, but if you see, you know, players that are not satisfied with the organization that they're in, you know, because they're not getting that playing time, they're not named starters, they're finding a way to leave that school and go somewhere else. So, it is almost like a free agency in the NFL, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, especially with this past season, them getting an extra year of eligibility due to the the whole pandemic. So it, it is like that. It is like free agency. It is uh, it is more like that the NFL with this offseason in college football. 
Yeah, and yeah, we've uh, we've already seen one big name. I think uh, Oregon's QB Tyler Show. Uh, he decided to transfer. So, and you know, we've seen it in the past with guys like Justin Fields and Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray. You know, they're not happy when their situation they're in. They might not want to you know compete for that starting job, so they you know go somewhere else where they think they have a better chance. And it's worked out for a lot of people. So uh, I definitely won't be surprised see that this year especially with the pandemic going on um it was a weird season and like jace mentioned they get the extra year of eligibility so um it's starting you know obviously we see that in the nfl nowadays but i think you know in college football it's starting to ramp up more and more and i'm not going to be surprised to see that uh this offseason absolutely and we're talking about college football here is my um top 25 excuse me there we go wow here we are uh so basically, I base it on the performances, how the end of the year, the players that are leaving, who's going to be starting, how the uh, pretty much the recruiting went per year from the freshman year all the way to the senior year. And so when I collaborate everything, this is the result that I received. And I feel as though Alabama is still going to be ranked number one starting uh, the season with Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on this, Sean? I'll start with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with most of that. Obviously, Alabama and Ohio State, uh, they're going to have some new quarterbacks in there. Uh, Alabama, I, I think Bryce Young is his name, right? The big yep. recruit with the freshman. Yep. Yeah, so he'll, he'll be stepping in. Um, so I, I think that will be a seamless transition. Obviously, Alabama and Nick Saban, they – they don't rebuild, they reload. Um, they always have a great recruiting class. So I, I w- I'm not surprised with that um, up there. But I do think that uh, Georgia Bulldogs are a little bit high. I know, I know you like your Georgia Bulldogs, Ovi. Um, but I, I think that, you know, they did improve at the end of the season uh, with JT Daniels at quarterback. And they usually have a, a great defense. So I think that they will be, you know, in that range. But as of right now, I think I would put teams like Clemson and Oklahoma in front of them. But um, I, I don't disagree with it. And I, I do – one other thing I noticed is Coastal Carolina at 24. I think, uh, you know, with Grayson McCall coming back, he had a great freshman year. Coastal Carolina really came onto the scene last year. So I won't be surprised if they have another season where they end up uh, maybe even going into the top ten. It's kind of hard to track down exactly what how the recruiter system is because they didn't have them ranking – for the past four years. So give it benefit of the doubt, especially the COVID season. We didn't see a lot of colleges, you know, grasping the season as as well as the non-conference teams did, such as we didn't see the greatness of Penn State. We didn't see all of USC. Remember, Pac-12 only played six games. What would have happened if they would have played a good 10 or 11 games as well as did uh, ACC and SEC? Uh, but I'll, I'll in, in, in a little bit, I'll tell you exactly why my top four are who they are. Uh, I know, Joe, you got much, much to say there. Go ahead. Well, listen, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any of those teams in the top seven, eight, nine are bringing back a quarterback next season. Am I correct in that? Are any of those teams? Well, Maybe, my, Georgia, Georgia's, Georgia and Georgia's probably, but Georgia's going to start a different quarterback. Uh, Oklahoma. Georgia's going to start a different uh, Rattler, quarterback. Rat, Rattler comes same. back. Is Rattler coming into his senior year? No. no he's, this would be, he's a red shirt sophomore. Sophomore, yeah. Okay. All right. So there you For go. Most of those, yeah. So, uh, let me, yeah let me, so, so again, again, you're, you're basically all of these teams have major turnover at quarterback. Right. And so, nobody cares. 
and that's fine. Grayson McCall comes back with an offense averaging almost seven yards per play and 300 yards of offense. And, you know, I, I've seen them anywhere from like 15th to 25th. I think that is preposterous. I, I mean, we didn't learn our lesson with LSU last year, with Penn State, with Minnesota. I mean, come on. You know, you're going to see this. This is going to be as close as it gets. Uh, when listen, it's time for but, that preseason. But ultimately, do you, do you know why? Do you know why your top four are your top four? These are specifically the four teams I mentioned. the The last time, uh, the the last week of the season after the championship week, where I talked about five star recruits. Those four schools that you have at the Absolutely. top are the four schools that bring in the most. Fi- they bring in forty percent. Of all five-star prospects over the last five years. So, are those teams going to be good? Yeah, of course they're going to be good. It's where everybody's going. So, my, my point is, though, Obi, why don't they have to earn it? Why, why don't they have to earn their way into the rankings? I don't understand that. You've got teams like Liberty, who's returning uh, 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 their, their starting quarterback. You've got... Um, Cincinnati. Again, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina. There, there are teams that are returning really good offenses that played really well last season, but we don't want to – we can't – I mean, God forbid – and, you know, I love Alabama, but God forbid we should start Alabama number three next season. Well, why because would you start you what, them listen, any other number? Alabama's not 14-0 right now. Alabama's 0-0 zero zero, like everybody else on this list. Okay, I understand that, but now let's let's just talk about Alabama right now. They their starting quarter will be Bryce Young. They got John Mechie coming back. They got Slay Bolden and Javon Baker, which is going to be dominating that wide receiver core right there. And it's not to mention about their running backs with McClendon and Williams. Both of them are sophomores that had a little bit of playing yeah, time let, last hold on, year. Let, let's These guys are additional let's pretend weapons you can team. stick anybody in a quarterback like they did last year at Matt Jones, and it'll just magically – those balls will just magically land in, in the pot. Give me a break, dude. It's it's a lot harder than people want to act like it is. So, I, I, and I'm again, Bryce Young's not going 14-0 next year. I'll guarantee that. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Like I, I think said, the I mean, tide, like it says, the tide will lose at least one game in 2021. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the tide has turned. I agree with you, Joe. Uh, I, no, hold, I, on, I, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I do think Alabama should be number one right now because to be the best, you got to beat the best, and they are still the reigning champs. But, mm-hmm. but I do think going into the preseason, they are number one. But I, I do expect it, it won't be the, the same way. At the end of the season, that's all I'm saying. Okay, well, like, well, everyone expect that. I mean, look, Alabama didn't start number one last year, and then they ended up right. being number one. So, of course, every. But then again, it's a it's a strong possibility that Alabama could finish twelve and zero, and to or lead it into the SEC. We already talked about it three weeks ago and on the podcast. There is nobody in the SEC that's going to stop Alabama with all that all that weapon that they have. If there's any team that's going to make a comeback, it is LSU. Because they do have the talent. The only questionable thing that they have for LSU is who is going to be the starting quarterback. Other than that, they do have weapons because they are they they're ranked highly in their recruiting staff. 
But didn't Georgia have that same issue last year, and it took them about 60% of the season to figure out who the right guy was, and by then the season was over? It took over a loss to Alabama to figure out who was going to be the starting quarterback. Absolutely. But, again. It seemed like it took more than that. No, no, it did not take more than that. I, We know. Mm-hmm. We know. All right? Because JT Daniels did not start in that game. I know. I know. All I right. know how I you know. feel about Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. Here we go. Georgia, I mean, about, man, about, Georgia. Uh, about Georgia. I'm sorry. Alabama's You're about to get brother. the hook on the show, man. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I won't say anything bad about Army. Oh, fair enough. Good job. <laughs> but, uh, hey, and then Ohio State is projected that Jack Miller may be the starting quarterback. But look, they have an awesome running game. Master Teague, they got Demario McCall, Steel Chambers. These guys, you know Ohio State. They they're dominant. They don't really need an actual name brand quarterback like they did with Justin Fields. These guys are able to run the ball. You know, and they they are known for their best defense. And that's why I still got them at, uh, at number two. So we already know by Georgia, JT Daniels, most of the starters are returning back for one more season because their goal is for the national title. They are legitimately could be representing the SEC. But as always, every year, there's always that one week that throws them off. Clemson, we've seen Clemson. We know what they got. You know, they got, uh, I'm going to kill his name again, but I know Jace could say his name real good. DJ what? Word up. (laughs) I don't know how many times you practice that name, but uh, I know that that guy can actually lead the way. Uh, And then look, Texas A&M, they're going to be strong, man. They they got a good defense. I'm I'm hoping that Zach Cazada will will be the starting quarterback because he has high potential. Uh, But Isaac Spiller is returning. He's going to be in his junior year. He's definitely going to make things happen for that team. And you guys got all quiet, like, uh, okay, yeah, you know what? You're on point there, buddy. You're probably right. Again, I just, I like sure bets. But I understand, listen, hold on. I understand, you know, Jace, you know, Alabama's got to be number one because, dude, you're losing significant portions of the team. I mean, they're losing guys on both sides of the football. Like, that's. They're taking, yeah. and, and I understand oh, yeah. they're going to restock. But they but do that every year. I understand that. So, but so dude, you're talking guys- about, you're talking about. I mean, look, you're talking about waddling. I mean, these guys have been great for four years. No, but while That's I do agree just saying, with you, it's not going to be the same. You, it's not going to be the same. Uh, they're not going to go undefeated, and I and I don't know that it's right that they should. We should just make that assumption going but into after the season. They have retooled year after year. Who's not to say that it's not going to happen this year. Well, well, why are we? Why why can't we expect it to happen? I think the other teams are better year after year after year. I agree with that. But right now, they just were number one. They just won the national championship. They are the king. You got to dethrone them. And even though they are losing a lot, they have shown in the past that they can retool and revamp. The only question yeah. apart is with Alabama is the offensive coordinator. O'Brien, could he be able to run that offense the way Steve Sarkeesian had done the last couple of years? And if he's able to, yes. You got Bryce Young. He's young. He's just a sophomore. And could they coexist? That's that's left to be said. You know, 
But then again, you know, this is the year also with a lot of turbulence with the with the offensive corners and defensive coordinators. They're all moving up as head coaches. Head coaches that got fired, either they're stepping up for one year, collecting that big paycheck, or they're going to the NFL. So, again, this is just a trajectory of what could happen. Not saying that this is set in stone, you know, but more likely, yes, I believe that I am coming close to that preseason rankings when it comes out in August that this is the list that we're actually going to see. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, ultimately. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I understand I what you're saying. Ojo. I just don't. I just don't understand why. And again, if you're going to base things off of last year's records, which is one of the biggest indicators that we use in predicting who's going to be good this year, why a team like Coastal Carolina is barely in the top twenty-five, Cincinnati as well. I mean, you're 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 basically you're setting these teams up to fail. You're setting these teams up. Technically, to we're not setting you're, up you're, to fail. You're setting them up to fail. They're going to get into like eight, seven, six, and they're gonna and they're gonna get left out like they always do. Why don't they get to start in the top ten, and then they can work their ways in and out? I mean, listen, not for nothing. Alabama beats a Florida or beats a Georgia, right? That's a huge win. That's like a double win. That's a better win than anything Coastal Carolina could do. Why does Coastal Carolina have to start 25 spots back? Okay, how so let me ask fair? you this. How, does, could, how you, is that fair is all I'm saying. Would you consider – where would you consider Coastal Carolina then? As far as being one of the better teams in the country, I, I think it's Look, disgraceful nobody, that, that, they're not, that they're not at least 10 or 12. Somewhere okay. in that region. All right. So watch this. This is the first year that we heard of Coastal Carolina. Could they could they repeat what they did last year? They can. Their offense could is fantastic. They? They've got a veteran offensive line. Their defense is phenomenal. They're only losing one guy, one starter on defense. Coastal Carolina is bringing back almost the same exact team. One of the running backs uh, is, is a senior, so he's heading in the NFL. They've got two other guys that were part of the rotation there. That team's going to be as good as they were last year, and maybe we'll, better. And what we'll maybe better? That. But they start they start at number twenty four or seventeen or wherever they're going to start, and they have to somehow magically catapult Alabama and Ohio. Like it'll never happen. But again, we're laying the groundwork from it right now that these teams will never have a chance because the wins that they have will never equate to the wins that Ohio State gets over Penn State and Michigan. So it's a losing battle. And 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 literally the I mean we're months away from we're a month or two away from spring ball. And 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 already these teams are buried. That's all I'm saying. Even it up. All right, Joe. All right, Joe. You want some love, Joe? Uh listen I understand this is the way we've always done it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not, the- and I'll tell you what. When I end the show tonight, we're going to be done with the same kind of thing. So we got to do it this way. This is the only way to do it. Give me a break. Yeah. No, and, but- and, and again, I'm break. basing, I'm basing the ties. on. It's okay. I'm basing on, on recruitment, the quality of players. And you just said it at the beginning. Well, yeah. You know, they got a whole bunch of five stars. It. They got all this. You know, and that's why... Some of these teams that were ranked in the top 15, at least, some of them went down. But look, look who wasn't in the top 25. You know, Michigan is up there. Michigan's been ranked 
high end recruiting. The only thing is they're not executing. Sure, right? they'll be five and four, and they'll so, be like you so know an just honorable drop mention. Right back down. You know, this year will drop down. USC probably will drop down. You know, uh, who knows? Maybe North Carolina will have an off year or something like that. Or Miami. Miami starts Oregon off with um, who is it? Alabama Auburn, this Auburn year. Will drop down. So I mean, there's going to be some awesome quality games Texas. this year than the last oh, five geez. or six years. So, but hey, you got a point there. Uh, some of these small schools should be ranked high. But hey. We'll see what happens in August when they have the preseason out. But this is what it is. Hopefully, uh, next week we get to hear Sean's or Jace or even yourself on who should be your top twenty-five moving in. Um, you don't want to hear next... my top twenty-five. You probably have UConn as number one. I mean, hey, it's hey. understandable. No, but I would work Syracuse in there somehow. <laughs> oh, brother! <laughs> like twenty-five and a half. <laughs> All I'm just right. saying, look, you know, again, we, 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 we're going to talk about this for months on end, and then next December we're going to have the same arguments, and it's going to be the same thing that teams like Liberty, teams like Cincinnati, teams like Coastal Carolina are, are automatically set up to fail. And I, and I think it's a horrible system, and you're taking advantage of these teams too. Like I said, either – Put them in the top 25 or don't. Either do it or don't. Just stop playing games with these other teams. They're not playing games, man. They're all getting money, man. Money's passed around constantly. The money's going to the top. That's where money always goes. Money goes goes one way up. It never goes down. Everybody, okay. And and they're expected in Alabama on the game one that all the fans will be present. So watch that. But anyways, we got to move on to our next they topic. Are. The South don't care. We're going to talk about the XFL, so check it out. Team lined up at the opposite 30. Can't move to the ball is fielded. And here goes Keith Mumphrey. And they're going to turn it around. With room on the near side. And for the first time, they get creative. And the Battlehawks have the sideline. And a kickoff return for Joe Powell to the end zone. Cardell Jones, they And that's right. At this time, it would have been week four of the XFL, but due to the fact that that season got canceled due to bankruptcy from Vince McMahon and the rest of his crew, we have to wait until XFL 2022 when The Rock, uh, which is the owner of the XFL, who is revamping everything to make sure that the fans get the quality football that we definitely deserve. And that leads us to my question to the to the panel that we have here is that in which direction do you guys think the X, XFL should take? 
Well, listen, if, if they really want to sustain, you, there, there's you, you can't be a gimmick league, right? Like, and I, and I'm not talking about the rules changes or or some of the different things they do. I actually kind of dig it and I like it, and I think if the NFL was smart that they figure out a way to partner with the XFL so that they can try some things out, maybe to help speed games along and and you know different different on field interactions with uh, media or whatever have you. So there, there's definitely some things that can be done, but if you want to be not a gimmicky league, you're going to have to be able to pay the players because you're going to need to keep guys there. Fans are going to be loyal if you're putting together a team of people that they've heard of and who they see year after year. If you're just going to be signing guys and they're going to be flipping off to the NFL any chance they get, then I think you're going to have a really hard time building loyalty because, again, at the end of the day, I have to care about the product. So they might have to go a little gimmicky at first. Maybe The Rock and maybe we'll see Kevin Hart on the sidelines or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think if, if literally, dude, if you want me to really care, if you want me to care like I care about Gary Sanchez or Evan Ingram or players that I'm 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 emotionally attached to, I've got to care about them. I've got to know them. I've got to see them play year after year. I got to feel the camaraderie of the team and believe that this isn't just a hodgepodge of like guys who couldn't cut it in the NFL. If if I feel like it's that and not just guys that are talented who are playing football in the springtime and having some fun doing it, then it's it's never going to be successful. But they don't know how Rocky's going to pull this off. You got to be able to pay these guys more than like you know, what a semi-pro player is getting. So here it is. Will, there was an article that I read that I, I find it very intriguing, and I think this is very important if they, if they say what you said, Joe, is that will a shift in the XFL's conduct policy open the door for controversial players into the league? And the one name that they brought up two years ago was Johnny Manziel. This man did not want him to be a part of an organization because he didn't want nobody that had to deal with sexual harassment or assault, been arrested for drugs or anything like that. He wanted clean players playing the game. Should the XFL move to another direction? I, what do you yeah, say, I, Sean? I think they should. I mean, it, like Joe was saying, it's whatever will get the fans in the seats, um, you know, whatever will get, you know, viewership on TV. And I think big names like Johnny Manziel would definitely, you know, do that. Um, I think that, you know, they have to try and get as much talent as they can to league, even though my, Johnny Manziel might be a little washed up. Obviously, uh, he's he's playing in the, the fan league right now, but that, that, that it doesn't seem like a, a great league. So he hasn't played real competitive football in a couple of years since the CFL, but I think if you get big names, I think that will definitely help. Uh, you know, with the exposure of the XFL, obviously. I think Tim Tebow's free. I, exactly. Yeah, we talked about that last week too on all four downs. So I just to, oh good. Yeah, I obviously didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, eventually you just want to like you know do this teaching thing that you so called doing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, listen, but look, the XFL succeeded. You know, if it wasn't for the pandemic, the XFL was succeeding. Every week, yeah. they were gaining that momentum. And they were doing it without no-name players. Yeah, you know, we had some that we recognized back when they played college football. We you know, they got players that 
couldn't make it into the XFL, um, XFL, NFL main roster. You know what I mean? And to give these guys an opportunity to show their skills, I thought was brilliant. I mean, I'm a big fan if that would have became a D league of the NFL, you know, or get the second or third string uh, positions to go play the game and be like, look, show me what you got. I think it's a lot better than the the combine. Ovi, Ovi, you and I, I think, had discussed at one point that everybody's backup quarterback should be playing in the XFL. How great would it be to get your backup real game action against, again, a pretty high level of competition? That way, again, you know the Giants had Kyle Laletta and and and, and Davis Webb for years. I'm not. I mean, laugh all you want, but you 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 never knew what these guys ever got into a game. But they do. Wouldn't it have been nice to have a league where they could like, hey, go do this in the spring and let's see what you do under some pressure in a in a big game moment. That way, you have some clue because otherwise, backup quarterbacks stand there with clipboards. And that doesn't generally translate well in games. Especially now that quarterbacks are getting hurt all the time. You want to be prepared that, hey, this this quarterback has this certain skills. I know how to plan around this quarterback so he could be successful. Not just go in and you're only averaging probably one snap every two weeks. Well, so look it, at the yeah, Cowboys. I think it's very important. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And how easily your quarterback getting hurt can completely derail your season. Now that was unfortunate, though. That was very unfortunate, and I'm hoping that that Prescott is a Giants able to... fan. It wasn't unfortunate. It was oh, there you go. Please, I mean, I'm seeing that on live TV. All like, oh man, that's got to hurt. But uh, Romo didn't think it. He thought it was just a cramp. But anyway, <laughs> um, but listen, I mean, I, you, you and I agree, Joe. I think second strings, third string, whatever, should be involved. But if not. Get the guys that like Gordon, wide receiver Gordon. You know, he's already banned, you know, suspended from the NFL already. Once again, you know, bring him in the league. And that's if they change the policy, you know. And I and I think that, you know, Dwayne Johnson knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He got enough staff members and everything to help him plan all this out. Look, they're not even rushing to get the league started, which is even better. Yeah, that, so, I, yeah, I think that, when, that that shows that they have a plan in place, mm-hmm. other than just rushing into it like like they did in, in 2020. But I, I do agree. I, I think it should be a league for you know developmental. I think it will be tough to build up you know a developmental team for all 32, kind of like the minor league systems in the MLB. But I, I do think if if you know XFL and NFL could get a connection or an agreement on you know having a developmental league for uh, guys like that, I think it it would definitely benefit them. And also, I think the Rock, you know, I, I agree that he does know what he's doing, and I think that they should change up the policies to try and give you know a second chance to some of these guys. Like like you said, Josh Gordon, he's a tremendous talent. We you know we've seen that in the NFL. He's just you know he's had a little bit of trouble with the drug problems, obviously. But if he could get a second chance in the XFL, I, I think that would be great. And I think, uh, you know, it would just be great for the viewership, too. People would tune in to watch players like that. You think, like, Ray Rice should get another shot? Uh, well, yeah, I think we we cut it off uh, in the, when he goes to ain't the there age limit? that stuff. But. <laughs> hey, hey, Greg Hardy's fighting in MMA. So. That's different, though. That's different. I, I expect uh, 40-year-olds to continue fighting. You know, that's for, I mean, sometimes – you don't gotta. You don't gotta age to 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 fight. I'm sorry. You know, stay in shape. Joe's looking at with that eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. You're right. 
Well, dude, I mean, yeah, <laughs> stay in shape. But look, I mean, again, at, at the end of the day, if the XFL is going to do this, I, I, they've got to build for long term. And again, that's only going to come with being able to pay the players. And the fact that they already went bankrupt means that money's an issue. We know the, you know, the the viewership was pretty solid. The attendance was good, at least off the off the jump. If they talk about attendance, to- you're right. Talking about attendance, remember in St. Louis, they started with the first level. They had to open up the second level because the fans there, which made a bold statement against the NFL with the Rams moving to yeah. Los Angeles, but they want football. A lot of people want football. Well, again, which maybe maybe these teams should be in cities that don't have teams anymore, or yeah. teams that are hoping to, you know, I mean, Oregon would be a good place for a football team. They Portland, you know they, yeah. they would you know they would love to get a professional football team up there. Why not give them one of the you know one of these teams? Um although my other thought too is you know if you're looking at like teams in Texas, California, um you know Florida, you're you're more likely to find locally at least guys who you know went to uh Florida State, you know, UCF um, A&M's, you know, guys who didn't cut it, who who didn't make it to the pros, who were probably still pretty good. Uh, so I would think that, it, you know, again, you at least be able to bring in some talented people. Because again, to me, the quality of the of the play on the field has to be good. And I thought it was good. I thought it was good this time. I did. My concern is, is it sustainable? And again, it's only sustainable if there's money to pay players and to keep guys in the league. If my quarterback is Tim Tebow next year and Johnny Manziel the year after and Jamarcus Russell the year after that and, you know, 48-year-old Ryan Leaf, if if my quarterback is not the same guy back-to-back years, I'm going to lose interest really quick. So basically what you're saying is, you rather see a face of the league. I want to see teams have you want stability. Like I want the NFL, you know. I, I I need to I, again. I can't just buy into logos. I'm not a logos guy. No. You know what I mean? Like I I I'm a Yankee fan. I <laughs> I follow the Yankees. I I I wouldn't just flash it to flash it. I'm not like that. Yeah, you are. Um. A little bit. I didn't go to Cornell. Who am I? Don't give a shit about Cornell. Uh, my wife went to Cornell. I heard that's, that was a corny school. I get to I get to say that to people, but um, Big Red, why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. For me, if I'm gonna care about a team, it, it used to be a Knicks fan. I don't even follow the NBA anymore. You know why? I don't I find so. any of the players to be in the least bit interesting. I do like LeBron James and respect him a lot, but. I, I felt like around 2002, 2003, uh, guys were forcing their release. They sort of took over the league. Uh, then you got uh, where now it's become I got to play with my buddies and form super teams. I'm sorry. What what sport is this? What sport is this? Oh, we, we don't want to draft. We'll just pick our own teams. Dude, we're not we're not running we're not running at the park, bro. This isn't like I'm gonna grab a couple of my buddies and we're gonna. That's not how this works. It's well, about it's about being on a team. Well, I know it, it is, is now, now, but I'm not interested in that, so I don't follow it. So again, right. if you want me to care about the XFL, 
I'm I'm gonna need to if I buy a jersey from somebody next FL, and six weeks later he's in the NFL, I'm gonna be pissed, and I'm not gonna buy another jersey. And that's my point. If I'm you, glad if you, you mentioned that. If you can't make it worth the while for us to invest in the team, if this is just gonna fold in another year or two, then forget about it. But if they're gonna look for for long term viability again, it starts with having money to pay the players. And then from there, you can really care about these guys. I'm fine if this is a bunch of like above average to mediocre players playing their their hearts out. You know right. the kind of guys I'm talking about. They're on college football teams everywhere, right? You know, absolutely. Um, and their skill guys abound. I mean, their skill guys, wide receivers and 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 running backs and tight ends. You see them come off the streets and play in the NFL sometimes. So there's great talent out there. They've really got to make sure that they that they keep the level up. But again, I need to see consistency with players. Absolutely, and you and you hit it. You hit it right out the ballpark. And speaking about the ballpark, we got a new podcast coming up, which already started last Sunday with myself and Sean. It's it's Joe's favorite podcast. Check mm-hmm. it out. And then, Joe, you got the final word. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss. Right play. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's Obi's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. University of Texas President Jay Hartzell responded to a report in the Texas Tribune, which featured emails that were sent to the school by boosters who are upset that some of the football players have refused to follow tradition and sing the eyes of Texas after games. I know the horror. I'll get to Hartzell in a minute. This racist song gets played before and after every Longhorns game, win or lose. But as society's become more woke, this song has come under some scrutiny. Now, if your question is, how can a song be racist? I'll give you the history. It originated at a minstrel show that featured black bass performances. I'm not sure a song could be any more racist than that. Now, boosters have been threatening to take money away from the Longhorns program if they don't keep their tradition in place, which feels like a scene out of the minstrel show. See, when folks say they want to take their country back, I always ask them, who are we taking it back from? The Tribune reported that many of the angry boosters said that the black players who take issue with the history of the song should leave UT. It's worth noting, by the way, that Juneteenth is observed because after the South lost the Civil War, all the slaveholders moved to Texas. The Emancipation Proclamation had to literally be delivered all the way in Texas. June 19th, 1865. That ended slavery. See, they went to Texas to try to hold on to their tradition of slavery. So now we know who they're talking about and who they're taking it back from. At his introductory news conference, 
New football coach Steve Sarkeesian addressed the situation like the spineless wimp that he is. Sarkeesian said, I know this much. The Eyes of Texas is our school song. We're going to sing that song. We're going to sing that proudly. Love to be in the locker room when that's happening. Meanwhile, Jay Hartzell addressed the song controversy by claiming that the people targeting the players, these vicious boosters, do not represent the values of the Longhorn community. Mr. Hartzell, they do reflect the values of Texas. And that, my friend, is the problem. Thank you so much for joining us on All Four Downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. For more, visit CloverCrestMedia.com. For all the latest on uh, college football, wrestling, and, uh, well, really all sports, make sure you visit hhwshow.com. Make sure you follow us on social media. Be sure to like, share, and leave a review. For Jace Garcia, Sean Scanlon, and our producer extraordinaire, Obi Muniz, I am Joe Aguirre. Thank you so much for checking us out. We'll see you next Wednesday night at 730 for all four downs.